Concerned with the things of God. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. You can be seated. We're thankful for all of our visitors who are here this morning. Why don't you give our visitors a big hand? Amen. I will play it smart today and I will not go down a list of names welcoming you here because I will butcher it. Amen. If you would, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We are passing a Kleenex box around for your use this morning. Offering plate comes later. Kleenex box first. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to talk this morning about something that seems appropriate. How many about got flooded this past week? Amen. You about got flooded. Yeah. Drainage on our street is not pristine. And so we just about had to put up some sandbags or something on the front of our house. But in, in the spirit of all that, we're going to talk about a well-known uh, story from our Bible. And let me, let me just throw this out there. This happened. This is not just a story. This happened. How many believe the Bible is true? Amen. It's not just a book of fables with good morals to it. It's real things that happen, whether people want to believe it or not. The things that God does sometimes are miraculous and hard for people to believe, but that's why we got to have faith. Amen. So, if you would, uh, look at Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read a few verses here, <clears throat> starting with verse 7. I don't know if you're going to have it on the screen or not, but you'll definitely have it in your bulletin. Starting with verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, everybody say Noah, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, things not seen as yet, in other words, it had to take faith in order to believe that they would happen, being warned of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear and he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which... He condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith, which is by faith. Now skip down to verse 13, if you will. These all died in faith. You know, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is, is referred to as the hall of faith. Yeah. And it talks about many of the people other than Noah, many people that you've heard of in your Bible. But it's talking, summarizing all that now. It says, these all died in faith not having received the promises, 
but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I want to hone in this morning on that part of that scripture that says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. These are wonderful, amazing people that we teach and we preach about probably from the point that you were in Sunday school, you learned about people like Noah, people like Abraham and Moses. We revere them. But it's unfortunate for these people that they never got to see the promises that you get to see today. In other words, Noah never got to see anybody filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. Moses never got to see anybody get baptized in Jesus' name. They seen the promises from afar off. You're fortunate that we said, oh man, I wish I could have seen some of that stuff. They wish they could be here this morning Amen. to see what God does today because it's so much better, so much even greater than all of that. One more verse I want to read to you. This is our focus verse this morning. Two chapters over, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. It says this, but to do good and communicate... Forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Two things, do good and to communicate, forget not. Our subject this morning is showing our faith, showing our faith. We talk about Noah and this large boat. We're, we're going to take a survey this morning. When I get up here, I'm, I'm not very... I guess I do things a little bit different sometimes, but we're going to take a little survey. Don't be bashful, okay? If I were to ask you what the most important part, if you were going to go purchase a boat today, and you were going to go to one of these lots like they've got a car lot and there's just boats everywhere, and I were to ask you, <coughs> what is the most important part of that boat to you? What, what would you say? The what? In the boat? You want to be in the boat. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Motor. The motor? Hey, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. That the bottom don't have any holes. That would be beneficial. I like that. You know, I don't know if they have used boat salesmen. What's that? Does it come with fishing pole? Does somebody say cup holder? Oh, Lord. A trailer. Does it come with a trailer? All right. All right. So we got some, I'm not sure about cup holder, but we got some pretty good answers here. Uh, some of these we can summarize into one thing. And it was the most important thing for Noah or anybody around. One thing is most important. Is that boat going to float? When a storm comes, like you've never seen before, because they have not. And the winds are raging. And you're trusting your family in a boat. Is that boat that you're trusting going to be able to float? That's the most important thing. It's not the slide. It's not even the cup holder. 
But is that thing going to float? Now, step back for a minute. They had never seen rain before. This is biblical. Rain had never happened. The Bible says that a mist would come up from the earth and would water all the plants. So God tells Noah, go tell the people there's going to be rain coming down, you know, from above. And the people were like, we've never seen anything like that before. That's not to say they never had boats. But I want you to think about this this morning. All these people did fishing, went out on their boats, boats they had used for years. And not a single boat would make it except for the one that Noah built according to God's word. I can see people running to their boats thinking, I'll be all right. I'll just throw everything in the boat, get the family in here, and we'll just, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll be in our boat. Our boat has always worked fine. There was only one that made it. The question today is the boat that your family in, is it going to be able to float when a storm comes? Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on. Amen. It, it, you're, you're entrusting your family in that boat. You're saying this is what we believe. We, we, we've stood by this for many years. We took many a fishing trip in this boat many years, made many life decisions in this boat. But when the storm of your life comes, is that boat going to be able to float? Or have we been more worried about things on it that really didn't matter? This is a question today. We're going to contemplate this, but before we dig too far deep into it, I want to introduce you to somebody. A man by the name of Nathan Hale. Anybody ever hear the name Nathan Hale? It's a name associated with American patriotism. His name has become almost synonymous with loyalty and liberty. He was a young man who, after graduating Yale in 1773, he became a school teacher in his native state of Connecticut. And I had a picture that I would like to have showed you today, but back then a school was nothing like it is today, where we've got, you know, multi-million dollar gyms and upstairs and all this. Most of the time, it was just like a one-room building. There was one teacher, and they taught all the subjects, and you got a small classroom of kids, you know, and it wasn't funded like we have them today. And he had this one-room school that he just started only to close it, that little one-room schoolhouse, and join the Continental Army in 1776. To this day, that building is beautifully preserved, and it's commemorating the bravery that he had and the commitment to his country over even his career, everything that he was committed to, to leave and fight for a nation that was in war. In September of 1776, Nathan Hale, in a serious and urgent service to his nation and to General Washington, was captured and hanged by the invading British Army. But what he represented was far more than the sum of his actions today because the story of his capture and his death would spread instantly and be a rallying cry for many, many people that was fighting for our nation's freedom not merely because of his actions, but because of the way that he offered his life for his country. When he was about to go to be hanged, he requested a Bible and a clergyman, but he was refused. And then he bravely faced his executioners and looked them into the eye and spoke these departing words that everybody today knows. I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. 
didn't stand there and cry, didn't act weak, but he acted boldly and courageously toward his country. And he died that day. And not surprisingly, there's been statues erected commemorating his bravery and his, the honor that he had in his life. He remains the official state hero of Connecticut. But just as dramatic, symbolic favor can be rendered as a result of actions like that, so can unworthy actions. Because there was another man in that day of the name of Benedict Arnold. Interestingly, it was Benjamin Talmadge, Hale's college classmate, who revealed the betrayal of Benedict Arnold. And his plans failed, and he defected and fought for the enemy. And today, Benedict Arnold is put in the same category as somebody like Judas. Our actions, the way we live, the decisions that we make, it's all how we live and demonstrate what we believe to other people. And we'll be remembered one day for how we lived. Noah was remembered by God for how he lived. The Bible speaks of Noah before any of this came about, the flood or anything like that. God decided that he was going to destroy all living things. And the life and the inspiration of this man, Noah, is like the epitome of understanding God's favor in the worst of times and the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. God was so angered at the fact that man was so uh, deep into sin and no concern for God whatsoever. And the Bible makes it pretty clear that they had fallen into their fleshly desires, speaking of sin. And uh, Noah, literally the best and the loftiest of men with respect to grace-worthy behavior, represented the opposite of all that. Genesis explains that the entire world was corrupt and filled with violence. This word corrupt means it was in moral and spiritual decay. There was... No concern for spiritual things. There was only concern for what I want and what I'd like to do today and what pleases me. And the second word, violence, refers to the actions of injustice, which was throughout all the population. You, it's pretty clear from the Word of God that it was a time in which if somebody just felt like they were mad enough at somebody they deserved to die, they'd just go kill them and nothing would happen. This is the type of world that they were living in. You can see why the Lord would repent it, that he would have had, had any of that creation. And so he began to uh, put forth this plan and talks to Noah. And the ultimate question of the age remains, why do people do good and why do people do evil? Why do they do that? There's people who have built their careers on this question, psychologists. Uh, behavioral studies, all of these different college studies and, and uh, professions, people have devoted their lives to trying to understand why people naturally want to do good and why they naturally want to do evil. The Bible explains the disfavor of Noah's generation by the Lord in two ways. He says, the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. It just didn't stop. 
constantly there was it got to a point where there was not a pure thought in the minds of people it continually became evil and i just want to throw this out here today that you know if you surround yourself with negative people eventually your thoughts are all going to turn negative that's right you surround yourself with people who don't have a problem sinning eventually you're not going to have a problem sinning if Amen. you if you Release yourself into that enough. So, praise God. I want to get myself around some people who love the Lord. And if it means I've got to say bye-bye to some people in order to get closer to God, by all means, this morning, do it. If it's going to affect your soul, these people have crowded themselves around folks who did not think spiritually. Their minds had continually set themselves on evil. And God would say in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Amen. And so all of this is taking place. The Bible says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. A God who is getting together this plan to wipe the earth clean still has grace for somebody that loves him. Amen. Amen. Now let me step back and say all of this is symbolic for the future. Okay? We can go back and read that verse. If you want to, you can do it. That verse we read earlier that said, By faith Noah. In fear, he built an ark to the saving of his household. You read the verse, I believe it's directly following that. It says, by which also we baptize. So it's automatically relating the death and the destruction to the salvation from the destruction that's to come. One day there's going to be another destruction, but it's not going to be a flood. It's going to be a different kind of destruction. And we've got to be ready for that. Amen. We've got to be ready for it. Amen. And even in the middle of all that, a world that's going to be even worse than Noah's is going to be a lot worse. The Bible says that evil men are going to wax worse and worse. There's going to be war. All kinds of things are going to take place. As mad as God will be at the situation that creation has become, He's still going to have grace for somebody Amen. who loves him. Yes. He's still going to be willing to save somebody because God is not this God that sits on a throne and he just likes kind of poking your situation and creating frustration for you. He's a God of love also. Yes. And he's willing to save somebody. Genesis is very careful to tell us this. Not only of God's own sorrow in the middle of all this, how he repented that he had created these folks, but also it emphasizes in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 6, it grieved him at his heart. He was hurt by it, personally, that people had turned from him. This expression in the Hebrew includes a variation of the word cut, and it means hurt. Some even suggest that it means that God's heart was actually broken by what was taking place. But one thing is certain, God was not detached from them. Rather, he loved them and he wanted 
his people to do right. He wanted them to be close to him. Noah stood in complete difference to all this and the fleshly failures of everybody. In verse 8 it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace, this word grace here actually means favor. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord for the way that he had lived. The Bible calls Noah one that was perfect in the world, an upright, righteous man. Amen. And the faith that Noah had, that, that word favor would also be spoken to Abraham. Both Noah and Abraham were living their lives in such a way that it was demonstrated to the world. What they lived, other people saw. It wasn't just somebody ask you what kind of church you go to and you tell them. It wasn't just, well, what denomination are and you tell them. People could see a demonstrated difference in their life from everybody else. And they wanted that. They lived in such a way, hear me this morning, as to show their faith to the people around them. And in Genesis, we find that God commanded Noah to build an ark of gopher wood to the precise detail of his specifications. He says it's going to be gopher wood and you're going to put pitch in it to make it all hold together. You're going to have a window. There was a window. Anybody know where that window was at? It's up at the very top in such a way that in order to see what was going on or to have any relation to the outside and the flood and the destruction was going on, they had to look up to God. One window in the top of this thing. You got to build it just this way. I'm going to give you a blueprint, Noah. I'm going to give you the exact instructions that you need if you want this boat to float. Now, if you don't want this boat to float... You can find a different kind of wood. Maybe you build it the exact same way in every other fashion. But you find another kind of wood, Noah. It's not going to float. You hold it together with something else. You put that window in the side. The boat's not going to float. And the reason for that is, Noah, I desire obedience right. from you. And when God designs a blueprint for you to make it out of the storm, he desires that we follow it. And today, he's given us a blueprint for a coming storm. Yes, sir. And here's the deal. I don't want to contradict any bit of his blueprint. Right. I want the whole word, word demonstrated in my life. Every Amen. bit of it. I don't want to take out some part and put it over here and say, well, that's, that's kind of understood that we don't need to do that. And I'm not worried about that. No, no, no. I want the whole blueprint to take its effect in my life. That's why we study the Bible. That's why it's important. Every jot and tittle of this word is important. Yes, even the he begat them, and they begat them, did they did everybody. Yes. Yes. Every part. The these and thous. The Shadrach, Meshach, and the Billy Ghost. Every last bit of it is important. Amen. And what I fear today is that some have taken a blueprint. They built themselves a ship that looks like it's going to float. But because they have said, well, we don't really need that. 
Well, that was for back then. This, this doesn't really feel the lifestyle that I want to live. There's going to come a day that boat's going to sink, folks. That's right. <laughs> Amen. I want my family to make it. And it may not be the most popular thing in our world today. It may not be the most popular route to take, but the boat's going to float. Amen. And when the floodwaters come rising up, there's going to be people who thought they had a boat that floated. They're going to be beaten on the side of the boat that's floating. Amen. I feel this in my spirit this morning. You know, if the Word of God says it, that's all it should be for us. Right. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. If the Word of God says it, I know as goofy as it sounds. If the Bible says, just follow me for a minute. If the Bible says, stand on your head and spin and you'll be saved. I'm going to do my best to stand on my head and spin to be saved. Right. That's the attitude we've got to have about this thing. It's the Word of God, the infallible, unchangeable, final. My Word is forever settled in heaven. Word of God. Amen. This is the faith that these men had. And so Noah said, you know, maybe his family's there and they're all around. And his son said, you know, Dad, there's that gopher wood is way over there on the other side of the country. We've got this wood over here that's just right next to our building site that if we would, you know, just use that, we can use that. You know, it's going to be all right. And Noah says, no, son, you don't understand. My family's going to be saved. Amen. To that young man, it may appear like he's being difficult and stiff about all this and unreasonable. There's no wiggle room in the word of God. I don't want to slam it and change it in such a way. Just do what God says. Right. Amen. And your family will be saved. He had obedience. Obedience in his heart. And that's exactly what he did. No doubt there may have been somebody. The Bible doesn't speak of it. So I'm not telling you that this is the gospel truth. But there may have been somebody who actually listened to the preaching of Noah. He said there's going to come a flood. You better. You need to help. You need to get ready. And you can be saved too. There might have been somebody who came along at some point and grabbed the hammer and said, I'm going to help you, Noah. I'm going to help you. And they started work on all of it. But we know that the only people that actually did make it was his family. And so at some point they laid the hammer down and said, this is too tough for me. This is too much. This is too much work. I, I can't afford it. And, but you know what? At the end of all of it, whoever that was would end up saying, it was enough for me. I should have stuck with it. Even though it was tough at some times and it wasn't the easiest thing to do, it would have been enough for me to just obey what God had said. Jesus links all of this to the last days. There's going to come a time where we're going to have to make a decision. Well, yes. the decision will be made for us according to how we've lived our lives. What boat we took. Amen. And in the middle of all his preaching that he did, Noah was a preacher. He wasn't just an art builder. Okay? He was preaching this. He was ridiculed by others. And in 2 Peter the Apostle, 
also parallels Noah's generation with that of the last days. He says, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. And in 2 Peter verse, chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. Right. Criticizing the church. Criticizing Christians. Criticizing the apostolics because they're still building that thing. Trying to preach to somebody this morning. And people are going to criticize you. Maybe you haven't been living this thing very long, but there's going to come somebody along that's going to criticize you for the way that you live. And maybe you hadn't got it all together just yet, and that's fine. But that don't mean that you retreat because somebody points you out. That's right. You know what we need to be? We need to be unapologetically yes. apostolic. We need to be unashamedly apostolic. Is there anybody that's unashamed that you're apostolic this morning? Amen. Praise God. We still believe that you got to get the Holy Ghost to be yeah. saved. And that's evidence in the speaking in another tongue. And that's, that's the blueprint, folks. Right. That's not somebody's idea. That's the blueprint. We still believe. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And before you do all that, you've got to repent. Unapologetically apostolic. We still believe that if you come and you go before the elders and they lay hands on you and anoint you with oil, that's just the blueprint that you'll be healed. That's right. We still believe in giving. Somebody yes. ought to say amen on that. Amen. Amen. Give as you're blessed. Hallelujah. We still believe there's one God. Yes, amen. There's not three separate persons. And the blueprint's clear about that too. I can do a whole study for you this morning. That's blueprint. Unashamedly apostolic. We still believe in holiness for the march. Yes, amen. I believe God wants you to live right. He wants you to act right, talk right. Because he wants us to live out our faith. Yes. Not just have a moment of faith, but to live out our faith so that others can see it. Amen. And so Noah's living out his faith unapologetically, unashamed at what people think of him. This fellow that's building a massive boat in his backyard. I got a neighbor about a year or two ago that started building a boat in his backyard. And he, he, he put this, like these beams up that would hold it up so he could work on it. And I could see it in the backyard, you know. And he's putting all this together. And I'm just, you know, I mow my yard once or twice a week. And so I get to see the progression of it, you know, of what he's doing. And so I, eventually I see he's putting together this boat. And he's, he's very, uh, got a lot of craftsmanship, doing a great job. And he's building this, and, and it's a fishing boat. And uh, he's got the structure together. And then he starts painting it. And uh, he starts putting teeth on this thing. And then he, on the side of it, it says, I think it says zombie killer or something wild and nutty like that. You know? And I just thought, well, praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> I thought about going over and say, hey, brother, zombie killer, how you doing? But, uh, you know, as, 
interesting as that was to me, just a neighbor to the side, I wonder how interesting it was for people to watch this man Noah building a boat bigger than any other. Days upon days, weeks upon weeks. The criticism. And you would think that the further he went and the longer that he did it, somebody would say, you know, maybe this guy's telling the truth. Maybe there's really something going to happen. Maybe we need to take a look at our boat out back and make sure it's operational. Come on. You would think that that was the case. But they demonstrated a sad yet startling lack of concern. They were not bothered. They were not bothered. And if this is parallel to today, there's a lot of people today that are walking around with a startling lack of concern that we're living in the end times. It's just almost not processing. You get out of the newspaper today and look at everything that's going on in our world. There's a startling lack of concern for what time we're living in. Amen. And I want to have my eye on the prize that God has set before me. I want to be looking for his coming. He says you're going to show up to those who are looking for his appearance. Amen. I want to have my eyes on that. Many others are walking around with a startling lack of concern for God's praiseworthiness. And that can be us. Amen. You know that at any time in your life, God has not been less deserving of the praise. That's right. There's not been some point in your life where it was just a time, well, God's full up on the praise that he deserves today. Everybody, you can just kind of sit back and enjoy yourself in your easy chair. He's worthy of praise this morning. Yes, he is. And he always has been. He forever will be. Amen. Amen. And so, Brother March, when I come into the house of God, amen, I want to have a praise in my heart. Right. Amen. I know you're tired today. I know maybe maybe you're a little bit weak. Or maybe maybe you've got some sickness going on. If you if you can hear my voice at all, and you can probably hear my breath coming through my nose through this microphone this morning, you probably know I'm not feeling too good. But I'm not going to let that stop my praise today. Amen. It won't happen. It won't happen. I'm not going to let this body take down the praise he's worthy of. Because I can't let a rock cry out of my place. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen when he loves the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. How many like God to inhabit this place this morning? What a moment it might be. And I believe it will happen. If God would show up and his glory filled this room. Yes, Lord. Amen. Don't you just love it when you can feel the sweep of the Holy Ghost come in? Amen. The song says you feel the brush of angels' wings in the room, and the glory of God has made its way into this house. That can happen today, but He inhabits the praises of His people. These people in this story were not bothered. Their annoyance and ridicule continued to the very moment of judgment. At the end of it all, Noah built the ark. He built it by faith. Imagine the burden carried by Noah and his family 
not only being the carriers of the truth of the coming judgment, but also to have the responsibility of building this boat to the exact instruction. This was all on the family of Noah. Can I say this this morning? We're building a boat for our family, for our church, but at the same time, we are entrusted with carrying this precious truth. That's right. That's Amen. a burden. I hope you feel the burden today of the truth yes, that's Lord. been delivered to you. Hey, there's wonderful people that have passed on from us now that carried it and carried it wonderfully. Yes, We've Lord. celebrated them. They're no longer here. But somebody today has to carry it and live it out. Live their faith in their life. Somebody's got to do it. And you know what happened because he lived his faith? Noah's righteous life brought on the favor of God and saved his entire family. I can't help but notice, it, it seems pretty clear to me from my reading, I don't know, maybe you could tell me different, that because Noah was so committed, his family became committed. Maybe not a one of them thought he had any sense for doing what God said. He's lost his mind. We're going to have to take care of everything while he's off doing this. But someday, when God's promises came to pass, they all turned around and said, thank you, Dad, for believing what you believed. And I believe there's some families that might be getting ready to say, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom, for not stopping believing what you believed. Because it's brought on the favor of God in my life. It may not happen immediately. There's going to be people. There will be people that ridicule you. Persecution is part of the time, part of the day. You're going to have family that think that you're wild and nuts for in a world like we're living in. You're off here building a boat. But keep building. Keep building and don't get away from the blueprint. And someday it's going to bring on the favor for your family. Hmm. And God is going to look on your family and he's going to say, I pronounce favor upon this family. Because of what they've done and they've not turned away from me because he lived it, because she lived it like I wanted them to. I feel like pronouncing blessing on them today. It may take a while. It may take months. It may take a year. But God at some point has to look down with his picture of blessing and say, I've got to pour it on. I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost. God's trying to tell somebody, keep doing what you're doing. Keep living for me. And God would tell Noah, he made a covenant with him. Neither again will I smite anymore everything living as I have done. Neither shall there be any more a flood to destroy the earth. And he gave us a rainbow. 
Now, don't you think it's odd that symbolizing a massive flood that killed everybody but a small family and some animals, the symbol of all of that that God gave was a rainbow. Seems to me that God would just make the rain the thing that was symbolic of it. Because it would keep on coming. He'd make the rain the thing because that's what killed them all. You know why he made it the rainbow? A thing of beauty? Symbolizing all the destruction? Because it was really symbolic of the favor that he put on one family. The grace that he showed. Amen. A thing of beauty. A thing of beauty symbolizing all of that destruction. He wants us to see today that there was a family that built a boat that would float. It floated. All kind of folks out there today making every kind of flavor of religion you want. Somebody said, I got a friend who likes to say, what do you think this is, Burger King, you can have it your way? And you can. You can. You know, you want to have a church that has one service a month? Oh, we can find that. You want to have one that, you know, there's, it's just kind of, hey, you come on in and, and, uh, we believe whatever we want to believe. Whatever you got, that's fine too. Oh, there's that out there too. And anything in between that you can imagine. But if we believe in the spoken <coughs> word of God and the power that's behind it, he's delivered a word to us that's instructional, a blueprint. Amen. And that blueprint is preached, it's taught, I'm going to do my best not to skip over any jot or tittle of it for you. If you've got a question about it, I may not know everything about it, but I'm going to pray and study it until I've got something to tell you about it because we're not skipping over nothing in this church. I want you to have all of the blueprint. Why? Because I want to see your family make it. I want to see your family make it. Amen. I want us all to make it together one day. And so that's why you're going to hear Brother Ryan or, or Brother LaRue get up here and preach on you better use that kind of wood and nothing else. And it may get a little rough sometimes. But that's because we want your boat to float. Yes. There's going to be times where either from the pulpit or personally talking to you, we tell you, well, brother, the reason you're dealing with that is because you put that window there. And God says it goes here. And that's a little rough to take and receive sometimes. But we just want your family to be saved. I feel that this morning. Amen. It's not my word that I put in this book. It's not my thoughts and my ideas on how you ought to live. It's God's, but I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach it and I want you to live it. I want you to live out your faith. Because at the end of it all, there's not going to be 50 flavors of boats that made it. There's going to be one. I want to live that one. Anybody? You, you want to be on that boat? 
and sang, they sang a song up boy, I've heard Brother Sister Shuttle up here singing many times since today. I'm going to take a trip on the good old gospel ship. We're sailing through the air. I believe they lived it. I witnessed they lived it. And we're going to see them one day. I've got no doubt that that won't work just fine. And if it worked fine for them, Brother Ira, I believe it'll work fine for me. I don't need to change the structure of it. Amen. There's another song. What's that song, Brother Arthur, that Brother Arthur used to sing about the train? This train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. No one leaves but the righteous and holy. That's it. This train is bound for glory. This train. God wants you to live right. God wants you to do right. That's not Brother Ryan bopping you over the head today. That's me telling you, I want you to be saved. Here's how we do it. Let's build this ark together. Let's build it together by his word. Nothing else. Not by some philosopher. Not by something somebody says is good to believe. I want to go by the blueprint. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Hallelujah.